0: If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them at this time, and uh, we will be in kind of uh, the Old and New Testament. So go ahead and grab your Bible and get it out. Uh, We will start off in the book of Proverbs, so if you want to flip to Proverbs, uh, that is where we will be, and then we'll be turning to a few verses in the New Testament. So several locations, uh, but good to have your own Bible. If you don't have your own Bible, there should be a few Bibles in the pew backs in front of you, and uh, if you don't have access to either of those, the text, uh, most of our texts, should be up on the screen. So uh, go ahead and grab those. Uh, we find ourselves today uh, at the outset of a new sermon series called Resisting Gossip. And this morning, we are going to going to be looking at how to recognize gossip. So recognizing gossip, that's the beginning point. If we want to learn to resist gossip, we have to first learn to recognize it. So I trust that you're there. Hope you have your Bibles out. Uh, let's do this. Let's pray one more time, and uh, then we'll dive right into uh, this sermon. So let's pray together. Father, we pray your blessings on our time. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come and that you would teach us uh, on this most pertinent of subjects of what we do with our tongues, how we speak, the words that we say, and in particular, the words that we share about others to others are significant to you. Father, you have much to say on the subject of gossip and you want your church to be free from gossip and you want your believers to be free from both speaking and listening to and engaging in this sin of gossip. Father, we have a lot of questions. We want to know what it is. We want to know what you say that it is so that we can conform our behavior to your standard. And so help us illuminate our hearts Holy Spirit, come and speak through me. May I speak words that are helpful and true. Would you guard against the enemy, his effects, his works, and his uh, minions? May you protect us during this time period. May our hearts and minds be focused upon your word, and may we be changed by them. Those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, may we be conformed to his image. And those of us who have not, those of us who are uh, not born again, we have not trusted in Jesus, and our hearts are not new so that we love what, they, what your word says and that we want pure lips. May they be converted this day. May they realize this day that they need to place their faith in Jesus Christ and be born again and be given a new heart that loves purity and righteousness in true and honest words. We pray that you would come in power and that you would be honored during this time period. And we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, our God and our Savior, our Lord and our King, And all of God's people said, amen. You know, many years ago, the Moody Church News Bulletin uh, carried a humorous story uh, of a woman from a small town, much like ours, who was known for being a gossip. And the story goes like this. One day on vacation, she was visiting the offices of the Chicago Daily News. Now, she was wearing that day a, a beautiful, spotless white dress, and she inadvertently leaned up against a wall and little did she know that there was a freshly printed copy of the front page hanging behind her. It was a hot day, a humid day, and so some of the print from the newspaper came off onto her back and in onto her white dress. Later, as she walked down the street to meet her husband, who had been shopping elsewhere, she noticed something. She noticed that there were people behind her, kind of snickering and talking behind her back, as if they were noticing something, and she thought it was odd. And so she reached the place where her husband was waiting, and she asked him, Hey, is there something, is there something on my back? Is there something uh, on my back that shouldn't be there? And so she turned around, and he read the large, black, reversed letters, S-W-E-N-Y-L-A-I-D, which Ford says, Daily News. Realizing the appropriateness of the words that were labeled onto her back, her husband replied, No, no dear, there's nothing on your back that doesn't belong. You know, like this husband, I think oftentimes we don't have trouble recognizing blatant gossip. I think oftentimes we can look at our community or look at our town or maybe look at our county, and we can spot women like or men like these. We can look and it's as if daily news is kind of plastered to their back. We oftentimes, I think, recognize blatant gossip when we know it, like this husband. But I want to ask a question. Do we really know all that gossip entails? Do we really know all that there is and all that is involved in gossip? Do we really know the biblical definition of what gossip is? When does our small talk become sinful talk? What does it involve? Is it things that are just false? Is it just falsehoods? Is it, does it involve things that are true? Is it just speaking things that are hurtful? What is What is gossip? Well, we're going to begin here. We're going to begin here at defining gossip, at recognizing gossip. Unfortunately, we don't, oftentimes, when we enter into a conversation with someone, uh, we don't have a label like this one pop up to help us recognize that gossip is going to occur. It would be nice if above that person, it would say the contents of the next converta- uh, conversation contains sinful gossip. Use caution, Right? This would be nice if we entered into a conversation and that just magically appeared above their head so that we could know, hey, this is gossip. I need to stay away. But unfortunately, that warning label just does not happen. So, we're going to begin the process today of learning how to resist gossip and we have to begin the process of resisting gossip by, first of all, learning what it is, by learning how to recognize it, by defining it. And so what I did uh, for this sermon is I looked at all of the passages, both in the Old and New Testament, or at least the vast majority of them, that mention or translate the word gossip. And what I wanted to do is simply ask the question, what does the Bible have to say about gossip, and what are some clues to, to help us biblically define this word, this term of gossip. And so I took all of those passages, I began to synthesize them, and I came up with this active working definition. So if you're taking notes, here's a good opportunity to begin. This is what I believe gossip is according to the Bible. It has four parts. Let's read it together. Church, let's, can you, would you read this with me together? Let's say it together. Gossip is sharing or listening to news about someone, whether false Or true with the intent or potential to harm without their consent. Okay, that's what gossip, I believe, is biblically. It comes in four parts. Number one, gossip is sharing or listening about news. Number two, it can be false or it can be true. Number three, it has the intention or the potential to do somebody harm, to hurt their reputation. And number four, what is common about all of the uses of gossip is that it happens behind their back. That is, it is without the person that you are talking about, without their consent. So let's walk through this. Four parts. I want to examine this definition in four parts so we can learn to recognize gossip. And along the way, hopefully, we can begin to examine our own lives. Is this what I think about gossip? Am I involved in gossiping? Do I listen to gossip? Hopefully, we can shape our mind and our thinking according to God's Word. So number one, part one. This is what gossip is. First of all, gossip... Gossip is sharing or listening to news about someone, to news about someone else. This is pretty normal. Uh, This, I think, for the most part, uh, helps us understand it. Number one, first, gossip is sharing news about someone. That's what we typically think when we think about gossip, right? I have news about someone else, and I'm sharing that news with you. Proverbs 20, verse 19 is where we're going to be. So if you're there to Proverbs, flip there. Proverbs chapter 20. Verse 19 says this about gossip it affirms that a gossip is essentially about sharing news with someone. Verse 19 says this, a gossip a gossip betrays a confidence. A gossip betrays a confidence, so here's what we're supposed to do with that. So avoid anyone who does what church who talks too much. So what I simply want us to see here is that gossip is a sin of the mouth. Gossip is a sin of the tongue. It's about talking. Notice the the relationship here. Uh, Because a gossip betrays a confidence. So what, what does a gossip do? It takes information that is shared with you in confidence, that is shared with them in confidence, and then it shares that news with someone else. So if that's what a gossip does, we need to avoid people who what? who talk too much, this verse shows us that people that are overly engaged in conversation may be a, a gossip, and we need to be careful with sharing our confidential information with them because they may share it with someone else. So quite simply, gossip, first of all, it, it involves sharing news about someone to someone else. Now, let me ask you a question. Is that, is that typically what you think of when I say the word gossip? Shake your heads, yes, right? That's typically what we think of when we use or hear the word gossip. But what I want us to, to see, and this is very important, gossip is not just about talking. The person who gossips or who is engaged in sinful gossip is not just the one speaking. But gossip also involves what? Listening. It also involves listening to news about someone else. If you're in the book of Proverbs, flip it backwards just a bit to chapter 17. Because chapter 17, verse 4, affirms that gossip is not merely sharing news about someone else, but it's also about listening to news that is shared about someone, uh, someone else. Proverbs 17:4 says this. An evildoer, what does an evildoer do? An evildoer listens to what? To wicked lips. And a liar gives notice what? Ear. And a liar gives ear to a mischievous tongue. So let me ask you a question. Do you think that gossip and the sin of gossip would be akin to wicked lips? Would somebody who has wicked lips be involved in gossip? Yes. Would somebody who's involved in gossip, could they be described as having a mischievous tongue? Yes. And so what does this say? That evil doers listen. Evil doers choose to not just hear, but to really listen and to engage in ongoing listening about what is being said from the from the lips of wicked people and mischievous tongues. So gossip, very important, it's not just talking. But it's choosing, once you hear that information, to continue to listen and to digest it. More on that in the weeks to come. So gossip is sharing or listening to news about someone else. So let me ask you a question. Do you find yourself oftentimes justifying listening to gossip? It's so easy for us to do this, right? It's so easy for us to come away from a conversation and justify ourselves in our minds saying, I really wasn't the one gossiping. I really wasn't the one speaking. That's what we mean, right? I really wasn't the one sharing. I didn't share that information. I didn't talk about anyone over coffee. I just sat there and what? Listened. I just sat and listened to it. Or she's always the one who calls me. I'm not, I don't call her. She calls me. I never call her. We can very easily justify being involved in gossip because we think that gossip is only done by the one speaking. And it's not. Gossip is sharing or listening to news about someone. So what's, what else does gossip involve? We're going to speak We're going to narrow down our our definition here. So gossip is sharing or listening to news about someone, whether false or true. So the news can be false, it can be a lie, it can be found out to be unfounded, or it can be true. First of all, gossip can involve news that is not true. So most of all, uh, I think most of us, I should say, this is what we think of when we hear the, the, the idea of gossip. Oh, I'm listening to gossip. That is, somebody's sharing news, and it almost inevitably turns out not to be true, right? It's just the rumor mill. It's things that are going around. It's, it's unfounded news. The Bible says that gossip does involve news that turns out to be not true. If you have your Bibles, turn to the New Testament with me. In the New Testament, turn to the book of 1 Timothy. So you, it's towards the the middle end of your Bible. You got First and Second Timothy, and then Titus. If you find your way to First Timothy chapter five, in First Timothy chapter five, verse thirteen is where we're going to be. Paul has an interesting comment he 's in this section in chapter five he's talking about he 's talking to, to, to Timothy and he says timothy this is what I, this is how I want you to deal with widows in the church he 's telling Timothy how to deal with widows in the church, both old widows and young widows and he first talks about old widows and then he talks about young widows and this is what he says about some of the young widows in the church at that time verse thirteen he says at At the same time, they also learned to be idle. So they were not doing much. As they go around from house to house, and not merely idle. So they're not just being idle, not working. But what are they doing? But also, what? Gossips. But also, gossips in busybodies, talking about things not proper to mention. Boy, isn't that an apt description of gossip? talking about things that are not proper to mention. The word here in Greek uh, that is translated gossip is not the normal word for gossip. It it means something like one who talks nonsense. It describes a person who goes about sharing things that most likely or almost always inevitably turn out to be true. It's nonsense talk. It's news that turns out not to be true. And so we see, first of all, this is what oftentimes is the content of gossip. It's news that is just unfounded. This, this oftentimes comes to us. It, it's news that's passed along, or maybe we pass it along. We're not sure if it's true, right? We don't know it's true. We assume that it's true because who told us? They, right? Have you heard that before? Well, let me share with you something about so-and-so. Well, where did you hear that? Well, they told me. I heard it. They they said so, right? And it actually turns out to be false. It reminds me of a poem, a wonderful poem by Ella Wheeler Cox, and it's entitled, They Say. I'm just going to read the first couple verses of it. They say, she writes, Have you heard of the terrible family they, and the dreadful, venomous things they say? Why, half the gossip under the sun, if you trace it back, you will find begun in that wretched house of they. A numerous family, as I am told, and its genealogical tree is old. For ever since Adam and Eve began to build up the curious race of man, has existed the house of they. Gossip mongers and spreaders of lies, horrid people whom all despise, and yet the best of us now and then repeat queer tales about women and men and quote, The house of they. This is what I think Paul is talking about. It's oftentimes speculation that we come across that we assume to be true. It sounds like this so it looks like so and so, boy, their marriage is really rocky. I think they're going to get a divorce. Certainly they're going to get a divorce. Or, boy, I I sure wouldn't doubt if he has already packed his bags. Or, certainly, that family, they. Ever since, the, ever since she lost her job, they're, they're, they're going to lose their house. It's speculative. This is often the content of gossip that we don't check to see if it's true. We just pass it on. So first of all, gossip can involve news that is not true, news that is false. But here's an important point. Secondly, gossip can involve news that is actually true. So let me ask you a question. Did you think of that before? Did you think of gossip as, in, as being uh, things that are being passed that are actually true about people? It is, and we see this in numerous places, but specifically in the book of 2 Corinthians. So if you have your Bibles, go backwards a little bit to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, specifically, verse 20. 2 Corinthians 12, 20 speaks of... The difference between slander and gossip. What we see is that the Bible uses two terms, slander and gossip, and they're slightly different. And in that difference, we see that gossip is not only false, but cannot, it can actually be true. Verse 20 says this, Paul speaks of what he may find at the Corinthian church when he visits them. And he says, when I come to to visit you, this is is what I'm afraid I'm going to find out. This was kind of a rebel church. He had trouble with them. And he says, I don't want to come and find these things happening. Verse 20, I fear, he says, I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. Here are two words, slander. Gossip, arrogance, and disorder. So Paul uses these two terms, slander and gossip, and they are different. Slander is essentially this it's sharing lies about someone when you know that they are lies, when you know that it's false. So it's sharing information and you know it's false, but you want to slander them. You want to malign them, right? You want to ruin their reputation. So you share falsehoods about people. That's slander. Gossip is a little different. Gossip is sharing information that one could be not true. That is, you don't know that it's not true, but in actuality it's false. Or it could be sharing information that you Full, well, no, is true, and yet it can still be slander. And the reason is this. The reason why sharing truth can be gossip is because gossip, hear this, is not only about what is shared, okay? Gossip, biblically, is not only about what is shared, but it's about why it's shared. It's not just about the content, it's about the motive, right? It's about the motive that we share from. So that leads us to part number three. Gossip is sharing or listening to news about someone, whether it's false or it's true, with the potential, number one, with the potential or the intent to harm. So first of all, gossip can involve the potential to harm. And that's why even when we share news that's true, it's 100% true. It can still be gossip because it has the potential to harm that person. For example, let me, let me run through this scenario. You're having a conversation. You you find out that your neighbor last night got arrested and put in jail for DWI. Did you, and you're talking to your someone, did, did you hear? Did you hear that Mr. Brown was, was arrested last night? Oh, no, what happened? Well, he was arrested because he was driving uh, with too much alcohol in him. Oh, what happened? Well, uh, he ended up in jail for the night. He was arrested for DWI. Let me ask you something. Is that a true statement? Yes. Let's say that happened. It's a true statement, right? Could it potentially harm or hurt Mr. Brown? Could it it hurt his reputation? And the answer, church, is what? Yes. And so, therefore, is it gossip? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Mike Mitchell has written a little book by the same title, Recognizing Gossip. And he he speaks to this, I think, very well. So I'm going to quote him here. He says, This is what I call a shameful truth. A shameful truth. Some of us, he says, some of us have been taught that if something is true, then it's not gossip. Not so. The secret revealed by gossip are often skeletons in someone's closet that don't really need to get out. A biblical phrase for this, he says, is a quote, a bad report. It's a bad report, or in Hebrew, a diba in Hebrew. And Proverbs says this, Proverbs 10, 18, you don't have to flip there, but this is what it says. Whomever spreads slander is a fool. Literally, it says, whoever spreads deba, whoever spreads a bad report, a shameful truth about someone is what? Is a fool, right? So here, I think it gets a little fuzzy and we have to use discernment. So how do we know? We get a piece of information, we know that it's true. It's been verified. We know that it's true. It gets a little fuzzy. How do we know if sharing that information is gossip or if it's not? Well, we have to use discernment. There's no hard and fast rule. But, but let me suggest to you just a few questions that should run through our mind when we consider sharing information that we know is true. Number one, might this news or information hurt their reputation? For me, that's number one. So you get some, some news about someone, and you have to ask, if I share this news with somebody else, if I pass this on to my friend or my, or my neighbor or my coworker, could it potentially hurt them? Could it hurt their reputation? And if the answer is yes, then most likely it's gossip. Number two, would it make them look bad before this person? So think about it. If I share this news about that person with the person I'm talking to, would it make that person look bad? And if the answer is yes, then most likely it's gossip. And here it gets to the the, the core of the question, maybe most powerfully, would I want someone to share this information if it were me? Right? If that bit of news was true and it was about me, Would I want this person to share it with that person? Would I want them to, or would I not? And I think if you can say, I wouldn't mind if they did that, well, then most likely it's not gossip. However, if you say, I don't know if I'd want that information passed along, then it's most likely gossip. So, first of all, gossip has the potential. It's information that has the potential to harm. Oftentimes, I think we gossip inadvertently because we don't use wisdom, we don't use discernment, we don't ask these questions. It's inadvertently due to the nature of the information being passed, right? Second, and this is what we often think of with gossip, gossip may involve the intent to harm. This is oftentimes what we associate with gossip. So-and-so is sharing information about me, whether true or false, and they're sharing that information because they want to hurt me. Does that make sense? Sometimes we pass along information. We don't intend to hurt them, but we're not wise. We're not discerning, and it does hurt them. Sometimes, however, we have a corrupt heart, and we pass information because we want to stick the person in the back. We do want to hurt them. We do want to malign them. And if you turn to the book of 3 John, 3 John is towards the very end of your New Testament, right before Revelation. Third John, a very short book, but in verse 10, we see uh, something interesting. In verse 10 of 3 John, we see that gossip does involve the intent to harm. Here, this is a little letter written by the Apostle John to one of his friends. He, Apostle John writing a letter to one of his friends, and he, he speaks of a man who seems to be a leader in a local church who was gossiping. He speaks to a man who is a church leader who is spreading slander about the apostle John even in the New Testament church there was gossip even amongst the leaders of the New Testament church there was gossip and the apostle John writes uh, to his friend and addresses this man in verse 10 he says this so when i come so when i come i will call attention to what he is doing so what is this man doing spreading what what malicious Spreading malicious nonsense. Your translation may say gossip. He's spreading malicious nonsense about us. So what was this man doing? He was, he was speaking things that most, most likely at this, in this context were not true, and he intended to hurt John and his buddies. So what we see is that gossip is sharing or listening to news. If it's false or if it's true, it has the potential to harm or it has the intention to harm, but... John's letter also brings us to part four, because in John's little letter, 3 John, verse 10, we see uh, what is common to all gossip, and that is it is done without the person's consent. It's done behind their back. That's exactly what was going on with John, right? This guy was speaking about John when John was not present, and that is true universally of gossip. So part four, without consent. One more verse. Turn back with me to Proverbs. Back in your Old Testament to Proverbs. Hope you maybe put your finger there. In Proverbs 11, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13, it says this. It says, A gossip betrays a confidence. We've seen this already, right? We've seen this in Proverbs 20, 19. That's what a gossip does, betrays confidence. But in contrast to that, a trustworthy person keeps a secret, right? So what is this verse showing us? Trustworthy people take information that they know wants, uh, that the person wants to be held in confidence, and they keep it. However, a, a gossip betrays that confidence. That is, they go behind the back of someone to share it. So gossip is always done without the presence of the person or without the consent of the person, Right? Again, Mitchell, in his book, writes, I think, helpfully here. He says this. Uh, he has helpful questions that we should ask before we either share news about someone or continue to listen to news that's being shared about someone. Questions that I think will help us to determine if it's gossip or not. Number one, would I say this if the person were here? Now, isn't that true? You're sharing information about someone, and the person is not there. But let's pretend they were. What if the person was right there next to you that you're going to share the information about? Would you still share it? Would you? And if you wouldn't, then you probably shouldn't, right? Because it's gossip. Number two, would I receive... So if you're not only... Not if you're talking, but if you're listening. Would I receive this gossip, this bad news about the person in the same way if they were present? So in other words, somebody is sharing something with me. And you think... I is that gossip? Are they sharing, are they sharing gossip with me? How, how do you respond to what is being said? Would you respond the same way to what is being said about that person if that person were there with you? Would you laugh? Would you smirk? Would you make the same comments? Does that make sense, church? What, what would you do if they were still there? Would you receive the information the same way? And if, you, if the answer is no, If you say, boy, well, I probably wouldn't have said that if you were here, or boy, I wouldn't have snickered at that comment if they were here, then most likely you're engaged in gossip on the listening end. Number three, am I hiding this conversation from someone? That's a telltale sign. If you're having a conversation and then somebody enters the room and you're like, oh, turn your back. You know, just like on, on the clip. Oh, there she is. Do-do-do-do-do, right? If you're hiding a, a conversation when somebody suddenly enters into the room or if that person enters into the room and, 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 and you, you suddenly begin to whisper and you suddenly begin to, to lean over and have that conversation, the most likely you're gossiping, right? Number four, would I want someone else, and again, this is the kicker, would I want someone else to talk about me in this way if I were out of the room. So if I were gone, if I were out of the room, would I want them to say what I'm about to say about them? Does that make sense? Would you or would you not? And if you say, no, I wouldn't want someone else to talk about me in that way, well then, Christians, why do we talk about them in that way? So what have we seen thus far in our first sermon on gossip. Hopefully, we've gotten some ammunition. Hopefully, we've gotten some information that will help us discern what gossip is and what it isn't. What we've seen today is that gossip is sharing or listening to news about someone, whether false or true, with the intent or the potential to harm, without their consent. And so with that definition in mind, I will leave us with a final thought and a final question. If you were in the ladies shoes, maybe you have a white t-shirt on or a white business shirt or maybe you have a white dress and you were the one who got fresh newspaper ink on your back and the letters daily news were written on your back, would those closest to you, your husband, your friends, your family, your coworkers, would those closest to you if they saw sprawled on your back daily news, daily news, what would they say to you? What would they say? Would they say like this husband said to his wife, honey, there's nothing on your back that doesn't belong. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us to discern right from wrong. Father, we pray that you would help us to think rightly, about what we do and what we say with our lips. Father, we all fall short in this. We all have sinned in this area. We all have been involved in sharing information that we shouldn't have. Father, we all have been involved in hearing, and not only hearing it, but engaging and loving, juicy bits of gossip that we have no part engaging in. Father, we need your help. We pray for our church Father, we know this, this old saying that loose lips sink fellowships. Father, we pray that you would help our lips to be sealed tight and that we would be faithful and true with information that we receive and that you would guard us. Father, we don't want this, this ship of Grace Bible Church or any church, even, even beyond this church, any other Christians, we don't, we don't want to hurt the bride of Christ. We don't want to hurt the bride. We want to adorn the bride with what we say with our lips. So Father, for all of us now, as we may even be feeling guilty like we have messed up, we are reminded that gossip is not the final word, that that this, this sin of sharing bad news can be overcome by the good news of the gospel. That it can be overcome by the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for us so that if we have gossiped about people and we have sinned, we have broken your commandments and we have been separated from you, the gospel says that Jesus lived in perfect obedience, that Jesus never gossiped about anyone, and he offers us this righteousness for those of us who are gossipers. And he died for the sin of our gossip. He paid the penalty for it. He died and took the cross and your wrath for our gossip. Jesus, thank you that you have done that. And not only that, but Jesus, you promise when we trust in you that we will be made new and that you, by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit, that Jesus, you, by your Spirit, can change us so that if we were a gossip, that we don't have to be any longer. And so help us, we pray, to be holy and above reproach. And if there's anyone, Father, here hearing this message and they have never trusted in Christ, they don't have that power. They recognize in the area of gospel in a million other ways, just like everyone else on this world, that they have messed up, that they have fallen short of your standards. May they, right now, this day, right in this moment, trust and turn to you in faith trusting that Jesus, his obedience is good enough for their disobedience and his death is good enough for what they deserve and his resurrection can give them new life if they simply receive this gift of salvation by grace and they receive it as a good gift, not by works, and they would be born again and they could begin to be set free from this sin. We pray this in the name of Jesus and all of God's people said. Amen. Amen.